Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we are talking with Zana Roberts Rossi. She is a very like a wild child in so many different ways. She talks us through her um her love story with her husband and just how they had this like super romantic journey across the pond. pond. Yes, she is British. And, you know, I mean, I love that she has done, she takes on a lot and she loves it. Like she loves a project. So she's super inspiring. She talks about her fertility journey. You know, she's, she's talking about it in, I don't want to say in a lighthearted way, but she definitely, you can tell her that she's on the other side of it and she really has processed it and found joy in where she is right now with her twin daughters, Rumi and Juno. Um, so I think that this is one that you'll, you'll really want to take a listen to. We also get to talk about what it's like to work with her husband. They are both co-founders of Milk Makeup and what that journey and ride has been like um, for, for them as entrepreneurs and for them as a married couple. All right, guys. Now this is Zana Roberts Rossi. I'm Zana Roberts Rossi. I was born in Manchester in England. Uh, I moved to New York um, 12 years ago. I am mother of Rumi and Juno, twin five-year-old girls. Um, I'm married to Mazdaq Rossi. Um, who is also my best mate and soulmate and awesome dude. Um, and I'm a co-founder of Milk Makeup, which is sold in Sephora's all around the world. And also E! News Style Correspondent. And where can we follow you? At Zana Rossi. Z-A-N-N-A-R-A-S-S-I. So we are so excited to chat with you for so many reasons. I feel like, you know... First of all, neither of us, although we have eight children between us, have ever had twins. So we want to we want to talk. Is it really two twice as much? Is it what was it like? I just I feel like let's let's start at the beginning. Yeah. If you would please talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about your fertility journey, your path mm-hmm. to twins, life with twins. Oh, the fertility journey. That was a journey. That yeah. was a good few years of pain and happiness, and then pain followed right really quickly after it. It was. Um, Four years, nearly five years, IVF three times. Um, the first time, I thought actually, first time was an IUI. Um, I was 30. And that was a big, yeah, that was, um, we got pregnant straight away with IUI. 22 weeks in, we discovered he had um, hypoplastic left heart syndrome and just a regular scan. You know, you go if you're 22 weeks, like Doppler. Um, that was the most heartbreaking thing I've ever had to deal with. Um, you know, you walk out of the the doctors and like, the. I just remember looking at like taxi drivers and people walking down the street and they're just all still walking around and carrying on their everyday business. And I was like, you have no idea what's just happened. And this is, this is basically grief, right? Um, so that was a heavy start to this conversation. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was... Then and then we went back into it. And the second time, it was kind of comical looking back because it was the night before the retrieval was when the sandy storm hit. Oh, God. (laughs) So we had like, we lived in the West Village at the time. And I remember all of our um, electric going out in the building. So we had no electric, no nothing. I know I had to go and get my retrieval the next day. So you you know how much pain you're in. Like you're basically, your embryo is a giant inside you. So you're almost like, you've basically got tennis balls inside of you. Mm. 
<laughs> so then I had to have a trigger shot. So my husband, Rossi, were like by candlelight, by the window, watching literally cars float along the oh outside. Oh my like, this gosh. By candlelight while he's shooting me out, basically. So we were like, <laughs> God knows what we look like if you look through oh the window. Gosh. Um, and then the next time, <laughs> I had to go like stay in some awful hotel in the middle of Times Square because no one had any rooms and everyone was charging triple the amount, yeah. which is scandalous, mm-hmm. by the way, in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the doctor the next day, the hospital, NYU was shut down. So then we had a pop-up hospital. And I mean, all these things just kept on going wrong. I was like, this is never going to work out. And if it does, I'm calling it Sandy. <laughs> uh, obviously, it didn't work out. Um, but then I remember after that, that one of the funniest conversations, like I get a call and because they'd taken, they'd done the retrieval in a different hospital. <laughs> they called me and said, uh, hi, Miss Rossi. So um, we have your embryos here. Would you like to collect them yourself or we'll transfer them back to the other hospital? I was like, when I, I come in a cab and put them in the Chanel and then take I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, what is Anna Rossi has in her handbag? You want me to come and pick my unborn children up? Okay, okay. I, got, I just burst out laughing. I was like, this is never going to happen. Um, and then I did a third one and that was for one of those biochemical nightmares where you're like pregnant in the morning and then you're not in the afternoon and you like get the call in the middle of a meeting and oh, all, all the things. I think I went through every different scenario. And then finally I waited a year. I was like, this is not happening. I'm just want to bleach my hair and drink some wine. So <laughs> I did that and travel with my husband, you know, and get back to being me together again yeah. and like and not just obsessing because it becomes... Even though I was working, trying to distract myself, it was becoming a real obsession. Um, you know, you're in it all the time. You're always Googling stuff. You're always on like weird chat rooms. Then it's like, it's not healthy. So at that point, yeah, we um, we gave it a break. A year later, we went back in. I changed doctors as well. And there was a lot of second opinions about how I shouldn't have gone straight back in after having such a late miscarriage and going in without having a certain operation to clear everything out. And it's, you know, it's graphic, but I think people need to know that if you go through something that late, you need to get cleared out. You've got a lot of scar tissue in there and you mm-hmm. cannot possibly get pregnant again without having that. And I don't, I was never told that. And so I wasted an awful lot of time, money and emotional energy trying to get pregnant again. Anyway, so then we just went back in and popped two back in because there was no chance it was going to happen. And oh. did. <laughs> <laughs> and then it did and I got involved and I got my soul back again and I feel like that's exactly what we were meant to have isn't that amazing it's crazy I love that you're laughing about this <laughs> you no in to. terms of like you, you just to. get to, but 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 I love that you know at at the time it can be so hard but you do you know you're showing us that you can go through this journey right. and you can look back and be like I got to find the the humor in mm-hmm. certain parts and how much I tried and just, you yeah. know, when I mean, you go through it and at the time you just, you don't know what's happening and then. I know. And I never want to sound insensitive about it because I remember no. the time it was the most yeah. crippling thing. But now it, it all works out. and It's only in hindsight you can ever say these things, right. right? About life, about career, about children, about love. But obviously in 20s, 20, you know, and you look back and you're like, oh, yeah. That was absolutely meant to be. And I was meant to have not have that. Girls. And then these two girls were meant to come together. And now they work so well together. And us as a unit, like my husband and I, like you guys, we're all very, very busy people. And to see their little unit is just magic. Yeah. No. Magic. How, now, how are they completely different? They're pretty similar. They're, they're fraternal, so they don't look 
too similar. They're just look like sisters. Um, Rossi's Persian, my husband. So one is darker than the other. So oh, completely inappropriate. We're like, where's the brown no. one? Where's the white one? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but they're just, they're, they're little best friends. One has definitely taken all of the alpha role I'd say which we're working on right now because it's coming more appropriate I literally have just come from a school parent teachers oh you're where it was very appropriate that one is very much like yeah she can take care of that and the other one is taking like all responsibility I'll tell you later which one it is girls um, but yeah I mean you got you have four kids I have no idea how you two do it I feel like no matter what and people always say that and uh, I'm curious to hear what you think, but I feel like one is a lot. I feel like two is a lot. Three is a lot. It's all a lot because you're giving, you're you're giving it your all. Day. You stop, you're yeah. giving however many children your all and that just feels like a lot. And they'll take all of it. And they will. And then they're like, um, excuse me, that was not I enough. still feel like you didn't give me enough. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm curious though, what was the, first of all, what was it like being pregnant with twins? Because I have this fantasy in my life. Tiny. Total fantasy. Oh, I'm not teeny tiny, but you are. And I'm, are but I like have this fantasy of having twins and then, people describe, you know, just the girth. <laughs> it's like, how do you get through the door? You know, the whole thing. So what was being pregnant with them like? And what was the first, because it's the first six months that I find hard, really hard with just one. So I the first six months with two, like, what was that like? Um, pregnancy, well, here's the thing. I don't know any different. True. Right. At all in any of this. True. So pre, post, drawing, whatever. Um, they were five, five each. So they weren't tiny, no, they tiny. They were, they were good. I, I remember, so it was A and B, because my necklace always says A and B, and they they were always known as A and B, and they kind of sometimes still are. Um, but Juno was up in my rib cage to the point where they thought she'd kicked my rib, like literally broken my ribs. I'd have to, <laughs> well, I'm stretching now for anyone who is a podcast, but what, this right arm was always raised so high up so we could just stretch my body out a little bit more and have them, because then Rumi was down below just doing somersaults all the time, <laughs> literally just like, um, and then one was breached, one wasn't, so I had a C-section, which I would have done anyway at that point because... I'd just done, gone through way too yeah. much. And I'd said to the doctors, like, what is the optimum way to get them out? I will do it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually very easy and very convenient and zero complaints here about C-sections. Um, and healing was okay too? Healing was fine. I think I, I went back to work really quickly. Um, and that was purely for my own looking back again, mental. I was like, I just need to get back to work now. And I just want to be myself again. And, so healing was fine. But then when I went back, I put myself back and literally my back as well. I started having these awful sciatic pains mm. to the point where they're like, you're going to have to operate. Like, but then I figured it out through Pilates. It was all core because it completely been destroyed. Obviously, yeah, having been you're reminding me. I've just started doing Pilates and I feel like I'm, I'm teaching my mother things about the body's healing process after birth that nobody had ever talked to me about. I, I learned that I had these flared ribs, exactly like you're saying, you know, the baby literally rebounds on your ribs to get out, you know, it's the, so painful. it's so painful. And they do, they, they can like crack or break or rupture cartilage that connects, like all kinds mm -hmm. of, and so much of it, I went in the beginning because of back pain and so much of that corset, quote unquote, the thing that gives you your waist, mm -hmm. the thing that, the thing that supports your whole unit is completely spread thin by having babies. And I yeah. I love that you were able to cure sciatica and bring your back back into balance just by like fixing your core. It and that's what I'm working on right now. <laughs> it's been 
Slowly. Wow, you've got you've sat next to exactly the right person to help with that. Right. <laughs> Can no. we do that a little like no. whole class in the middle? Extra, the standing abs. That we had Erica Bloom on on here. She was like one of our very she's first. She's who's helping me. Yeah. Um, oh, she's her. awesome I love know. her well love I'm obsessed her. with your videos they're oh, so thanks. good and they're exactly how I think the majority of not even mums and people just work out when you, you're always on the go you're always in a like the situation you're supposed to be and in I'm always in a situation yeah but it's yeah. like you're not in a fancy gym and you've got an hour to free to do it and it's the same it, it's, it's so relatable the thing is that people aren't going to work out if it's not feasible you know what I mean the hardest thing as they say the hardest thing is showing up and so if it's ridiculous to expect and you're just going to beat yourself up that you didn't make it an hour to the gym when you're doing a million different things Mm -hmm. doing something is better than doing nothing and then staying active throughout the day and doing like these short little spurts I mean that's great you know so I mean I think that one of the hardest things as we all know is that moms are just really hard on ourselves and we're like we're never going to be able to do it all but we can you know we can multitask and try to yeah. do a little bit of many things and then we can just put that together and at the end of the day we can have our glass of wine and be like yes exactly. I win yeah. yes I, I won win. today, yes, today was I... a winning day now I'm really really interested in talking about your milk makeup mm. speaking of multitasking speaking mm. of multitasking <laughs> the right. million things that you do um, I mean so t- talk to to us about where this idea came from mm-hmm. and the vision and everything because now it's something that you know you see everywhere. Oh. Well, it was we launched it in 2016 with Sephora, um, but Milk Makeup was originally started from Milk Studios. You guys have both yeah. been there, and um, my husband co-founded uh, Milk Studios 24 years ago um, downtown New York and um, in the meatpacking. And it was really based upon the community that lived there. So if you you know you go to Milk Studios, and yes, there's fantastic photographers and editors and stylists and all making these incredible looks in the studios. But we always found that hanging in either the gallery there or the jam room there or the lobby bar, you'd see people wear makeup, the creatives, in the most amazing ways, right? So it'd be like a graphic eyeliner on an assistant or yellow hair on one of the other assistants or the girl in the equipment room like tatted up mm-hmm. but then there's really androgynous beautiful face and just the way that the community there were used like almost the next generation were using makeup was so interesting to us and we just would be like it's like a walking pinterest board you just, you just see all these really cool looks um and it is a place where musicians celebrities um you know influencers models all culminate um so it was inspired by that and we knew what we wanted to do we wanted something that was extremely um, easy to use. We wanted something that was cool yet still clean. Like high, we are not high maintenance. And we realized the people, and we, like actually when we launched it to rewind, there was myself, Georgie Gravel, uh, Diana Ruth, and my husband Rossi, the four co-founders. And we all had kids. Um, we had five kids between us under the age of two. Holy shit. So it's and like this is year big one from that, like, oh, yeah. and we weren't we weren't we weren't shy about our ambitions as well. We're like we're launching a big line. Um so a lot of our values in the products you see as being busy parents, right? So it's multifunctional. Everything was sticks, it was rollerballs, all the all the tools are built into the component itself, so you don't need extra stuff with you. Um 
the cleanness. Our kids were all playing with it, like right. testing it out literally on their faces as toddlers, one-year-old, two-year-old. So we wanted something that was clean and no fragrances, no added stuff. Like, and you were vegan before vegan makeup was a thing. Before, you know? Yeah, that was that was a really big thing of ours. And now it's funny, we're just having a conversation walking up here about how Sephora say that's like the number two requested thing. You want performance and then vegan. I have a ton of it. I got so excited when I saw that you were coming in today because I've oh. been, I mean, I went on a journey over the past couple of years of, of cleaning up my my makeup right. products um, and learning how to read labels and stuff like that. And your brand was one of the brands where I realized that I could use. That's great. Um, so That's yeah, no, great. it's a big, big, big fan. It was also one of the first products I felt like I felt the need to be a disciple for to like tell all my friends mm -hmm. about. There was this under eye concealer that I guess was one of your first products that I, little? It, yeah, little, the little iPod? yes, like little. It, it's freaking genius because it's a <laughs> liquid formula that you can put on, and then there's also like a powdery caviar little capsule at the bottom, and it was right after I had Philomena was when I right? discovered it, and I was like. This is the most genius product I've ever. I literally must have sold fifty two. Oh my! Of this I am stuff. so happy you tried that. So this was one of those products that was actually ahead of its time, right? Very so we much had, so. Because people didn't know they didn't know the brand, and then this was also the component was very different. It looks like AirPods, it looks and it exactly had a AirPods. little like hole in it, which had a marshmallowy concealer, and then the liquid on a roll pot. It was mm -hmm. so clever. Mm -hmm. um, but this is Diana Ruth, and she's our COO and co-founder. She's such an innovator. Like she won't do anything that exists. So in component formulation ingredient stories she's so ahead of the curve but that was one of them that it, it actually is still genius and I want to bring it back at some point well why isn't it still here I mean because it people didn't my heart. get it it was like it was so unique and <sighs> and now we we're a bit more known and we have like the platform to mm -hmm. be able to educate and around the distribution and, and the distribution too. yeah so hopefully that'll be one of those that'll come back so had any of you been founders before like what was the founding and also with four co-founders a lot of people to like have pot, pan, hands in the pot or whatever that's very different backgrounds yeah. very different so rossi um co-founded milk studios and he's very into brand right and he's been in the industry forever and knows everyone and he's wonderful um and very creative and then Georgie Greville, who is actually, um, she used to work at MTV. She's a film director and she does a lot of music videos. She oh. directed like Vice. She did um, Florence the Machine. She's won VMAs. Wow. Super creative, but like been at Milk since the get-go. Um, and then Diana was the, th the fourth person. I used to be a beauty editor. So it's always been in my blood to do beauty. And then I was obviously a fashion editor and being on sets all the time around amazing makeup artists and people who are creating these looks, like red carpets, like always around makeup. Mm -hmm. like a student of makeup all my life I suppose um, and then when we we thought about milk makeup we had this idea and Diana wasn't on board at that point so we went to Sephora in San Francisco we met with them there you know like the building we were like we had this amazing deck and the video the sizzle and loads of passion <laughs> like, yeah, look at this amazing idea like totally naive like no idea what we were doing um, and then they were like they immediately saw a white space. They were like, okay, these these guys know what they're talking. And it was a very Gen Z vibe, but then it also appealed to all of us because why can't you be cool and be a mum at the same time? We always found that's just such a weird like contradiction. Um, and they were like, okay, if you can make the products that you're talking about, we are in, like all stores. Like, okay. Um, then we had to find someone rapido. And that's when Diana came into the mix and she was recommended to us and we met her instantly and she just saw the three of us chatting around a table and looked at us and she's like oh my god this is gonna be so interesting because <laughs> <laughs> you never worked in that she'd come from more like Liam Fung and Mark Jacobs and probably much more corporate environments 
But to your point, I think the reason why we are so good together is because we all are from completely different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And we're not a bunch of marketeers sat around a table saying, what can we sell her? Ha ha ha. You know, it's like, I need this. You need this. this. I need this creative. We need to keep this for the brand. I'm like, well, I'm I'm the one with the empathy, always thinking about the consumer (laughs) because I'm an editor. Take away, take away, take away. So between us all, it's it worked out. And then now we have a phenomenal team of people who are all like carrying the can and they're just awesome. How are you as an entrepreneur? How is there a part that's really difficult for you? Is there a part that you really love best? Saying no, I'm not very good at. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's the the idea of a PL. I yes, I understand it, but do I ever want to hit one of those? No. No, I'm good. I'm good with the creative, I'm good with talking about editorial, I'm good with creating content, talking about products. And then the business side is something so different. But is know? that something that your husband or one of the other mm-hmm. partners is good at? Yeah. What's it like working with your husband? It's uh, interesting. <laughs> you know, at the beginning, it's amazing now, but the beginning was tough. So yeah. We were so in it. We had one-year-old twin girls. We were like, <laughs> indeed. You're sadist. You it, was, it was pretty, I mean, it was like this slow burn. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, we're launching. Um, and we were so invested in it and in every way, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. We realized that we can't keep like rolling over in bed and talking about marketing ideas or being in a car and talking about staffing or, you know, talking about budgets like over a family dinner. It just was not good. So Rossi's very smart and he's he's been doing this for a lot longer than I have in the branding world. So he's just like, we have a meeting once a week. This is where we get it all out on the table. The this is our, okay. this Everyone is our family who's meeting. Point, you do it. We do it too. It literally changed our marriage, though, because I would exactly like you said, you'd roll over and be like, oh, did you remember this? Or like talking. I mean, if you have any sort of professional overlap, it kills every vibe ever. (laughs) And it's just like it's also just exhausting emotionally. mentally. It's also this is the person who's supposed to fill you up in many ways and who you're supposed to fill up. And that's a draining conversation. And it's most positive point, you know, how. So this is interesting. Like, how do you guys. Rossi has this way of talking like makes everything so much more important than I can ever I'm not dramatic and I I need to work on the drama because I can be telling a story that's really interesting but it just doesn't come across the same (laughs) as when I don't know and that garners so much more attention to anything I think it's interesting not having that it's good that if he's dramatic that you're not dramatic that's good or the worst when we try not and argue around them but when we like the voices get a little bit raised <laughs> just the other day actually happened and they're just like mom dad please and the <laughs> eye roll I'm like okay oh, the serious 30 year old I'm like all right and but they make you feel like minute instantly I know but you know what I feel like you know people say never argue in front of the kids but at the same time like, you don't want to have obviously like traumatic yeah, arguments no. around the kids so, but but I feel like seeing that your parents disagree and can work it out and totally solve agree. and teach your kids mm-hmm. to be problem solvers will better equip them for so many different scenarios mm-hmm. in their future, including having a relationship with somebody okay. where they're, they don't have to run right. at the first sign of disagreement of being like, hey, that that's part. We're not always going to agree on things, but we love each other and we're going to figure it and out. And we're always respectful in that process, yeah. because I think we, we've had other people on the podcast before who've talked to us a lot about... Um, expressing disappointment to your kids or having a bad day or I'm like allowing your children to see that you're not perfect all the time because Mm. it allows them to feel that it's okay when they're not perfect all the time. And I think the argument thing is like I always, you know, my parents are passionately in love with each other and that passion would overflow in different ways. Like I remember being around 
loud disagreements about like what time my dad was coming home from the hospital or, you know, why, you know, whatever, all these different things. And I, my husband, John and I, we absolutely disagree on things. We absolutely have conversations that like in a perfect world, I probably wouldn't have with my kids all in the car, but the car for some reason is like a catalyst oh, of fighting my, for us. It literally is a vehicle for argument. Literally <laughs> the worst, the uh, whatever. So, but I, but it's funny because I, you reminded me when you said that you're the eye rolls and the come on moments, but my son who's four will be like, daddy, why are you talking loudly at mommy? <laughs> so cute. Like my little four-year-old. I know they, they always stand, yeah. they so always daddy. stand And I like sit there mommy. sheepishly you in the corner. You know how I, I totally do the whole car thing? I always drive because mm. I am a better driver. Remember Capricorn's always right. No, actually I am a better driver than me. Not great at parking, uh, but better driver. Okay, parking, then I'm like, okay, I get out of the car and he gets into oh park. Does he really? That's yes, no, that's literally. Awesome. I hate parallel parking. gives me anxiety. That's awesome. Um, and then also I don't pull into our, our garage anymore because I've never had a car accident, but I scraped the car two times on the side of the garage. It's very narrow and I have a very big car. <laughs> it's fine. But I no, just and those, my And by the way, always. those two times I was, I, that's, I found out afterwards that I was pregnant. See? Interesting. I know. Only happens. That's like my sign. I'm like, oh, scrape the car. That's it? I'm pregnant. I wonder, mm -hmm. When like I that. start leaving. So things. interesting. Yeah, no, I just become very like, kind of but like But for dumb. you, it's interesting because I never had the surprise of a pregnancy, which I always kind of wish for. It's like, oh, that must be so like weird and lovely and maddening, yeah. exciting. Yes. But you know yeah, what? It's all, all it's all of those things. But then you know what? In the end, whatever your journey is, I feel like my OB said this, whatever your journey is, once you're holding your baby, it doesn't yeah. really matter that much whether you adopt, whether you do a surrogate, yeah. whether you do IVF, whether you, you know, have a million children like Daphne and I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you hold them, it's just like, this is what yeah. it's supposed to be. And all that journey before, like kind of, goes. And we, of course, we love talking about it and reminiscing and like, what was it like? And, you know, her yeah. butt was all the way up in your ribs and stuff like that. And like, but then, then they're, they're little people and they, you know. Totally. And I, it's, well, it's, it's all in the rear view mirror, literally. Yeah, like, well, excuse yes, the pun, but it is. It's uh, You don't, and it's all it, in the memory all, box. Yeah, it's in the memory box and it feels fine. Yeah, when, at I the time, I was so sad. Yes. It's human nature to feel like the time you're living in is the only time that will mm -hmm. ever be. Like, it's very hard to imagine a time where you won't feel all the emotions as heightened and different as they are the same way you do in that moment. I spent a lot of my 20s, I feel like, really wanting to have all the experiences, wanting right. to just like flood my memory box with so many things. And um, I remember, you know, John and I had always talked about wanting lots of kids and we we got together in college and I feel like I couldn't wait to become a parent. But I also really like the one thing I wanted to make sure to fill my life up with lots of before I did was lots of travel and like yeah. going to all these concerts and like things that I thought I wouldn't be able to do as much when I when I became a parent. What I think about now is I didn't hit all of those. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't get to Glastonbury. I didn't do, like do some of right. the things that I thought I would. It always be, rains you know, anyway. It always <laughs> rains. It's so true. But I do think that there are moments that like that, that I would, you know, that obviously that's such an insignificant one in, in reality. But I, I think there's only so much space for your memories and there's only, and you can't even remember all the great ones that did this happen. I was going to say, you I know? forget them all anyway. You forget them I'm all like, anyway. Them in my notes, which is like my literal <laughs> memory. Right? Right your there. little diary in your notes. I, that's why I take so many pictures though. That's how I feel. That's right. why I have 70,000 pictures because yeah, I want. A shrine to my life. But no one's ever going to look at That's exactly right. Oh, no. I think I our kids are going to be obsessed with do looking at the photos. I do. Well, they but, better be. But okay, don't you worry. They better be. Okay, but here's the question. 
I look back at photo albums my parents have from the 80s and the 90s and whatever, and every picture is like, even if it's terrible, is a great picture. Because you, Agreed. you know, because you had like only this one chance on 26 screens of film. Mm-hmm. Like that was your only moment. Where here I'm like 700 pictures yeah, of this one can... thing later. But do you think our kids will know what a normal, like normal people look like? Because they spend so much time looking at the filtered versions of life. And it, it does worry me a little bit. And also, how do your kids feel about it? I know mine are getting really fed up with me filming it or p- taking pictures so I have to stop but I feel like didn't we do the ice was I was like don't take my picture yeah I did with my dad actually he was yeah. such a photographer yeah. I feel like I I get it both ways on the one hand they're like they'll come and try yes. to you know smack it out of my hand and don't want any more or pictures or picture. they'll be like take my picture take this video take my picture take this video right. and I I feel like it's my job as the all-knowing adult to be like you're gonna want these pictures when you're older you're gonna want these yeah. other photos and I try to be very respectful of them too and and not, I don't I don't share one percent of the things that sure, I, you know, no. that I take. I, I really am very cautious about all no, that. You guys stuff, but, are so good at the way you do it. But you're right. It is. It's also for me. It's like a memory box because my point with with all the whatever the like filling it up thing is your your life is a collection of all these memories that that you barely have room to collect anyway. So it's just a matter of like focusing on those and mm-hmm. glorifying those and and trying to make them feel significant. I remember at my wedding, someone had said to us take screenshots of the night because it will blur by so fast. You're you're such a heightened, energetic state. You're so excited. Everything's amazing. All your favorite people are here. Take little moments away together, you know, two minutes, an hour, just the you two of that. you and have these little snapshots yeah, of your life. That. Like, and I, those five minutes, uh, you know, are so significant and, and real That's in my mind. Good it was the best. But I, I got to do same. that now. Like, you did the same thing? Yeah, we literally oh, went and hid under a stairwell at Milk and yeah. we were like, hi, we're married. Don't worry, <laughs> hi, we're married. It was literally like that basic, oh, but I I, that was my that. most memorable part. Most memorable. We're like, we did it, like high-fiving, just big hugs, <laughs> big kisses. And then we ran back up and did a first oh, dance. How'd you guys meet? At Milk, actually. I was, um, yeah, I was an editor at Marie Claire in the UK and I was over in the US doing a shoot and he was, uh, I walked out of the studio and he was there like playing Xbox in the, with the photographer I was supposed to be shooting with. I was like, dude, any chance that we're going to get, I was like this pushy little 24 year old editor. And, um, and he was just really sweet and bounded over and he's like, hi, thanks for shooting here. Love, like just super enigmatic Um, and like lots of eye contact to me or have drinks later and he can talk, a re- he tells a really good story. So I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> And then two years, like we did two years backwards and forwards, which is actually a really fun time. Like I'd be shooting and I was like, oh, should I do a shoot in Iceland? Because it's kind of in the middle. So we just meet in the middle. And then the trips were off the charts. Hawaii, Iceland, oh, Rome. So yeah. romantic. So romantic. Yeah, none, so of, romantic. none of the like the hard stuff either. It was really just a lot of fun. And then I moved here um, two years in. And then yeah, we got engaged like six months after that. So it really was like kind of right away that we were like, you're trying this. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, we did. We went. I mean, he was, he's very, he kind of knows what he wants. There he's, as we were just saying, you know, it's that like. Do you guys have any age difference? Uh, he's nine years older than me. Yeah. I feel like the older guys, sometimes they just know totally. what they want. He said he knew the first day he saw me milk. I'm like, oh God, tell me again. It's like the kids <laughs> wanting the baby story. Say, say that part again. Um, but I, it took me a little bit longer. Yeah, I was, I was happy in the UK. I had my friends and my girls. Oh, I was so doing young. really well at work. I was like raising my the masthead. I was like really into it. And then I was like, oh shit, here we go. But um, I love New York so much. And it was, a, it was the best move. I've been so fortunate. I feel like you've been, I mean, just that story alone, like you've been very game to take plunges in your life. How do you, were you always like that? How did you give yourself that confidence to take a leap of faith? I think I've 
come from a, well, I know I come from a family who are so supportive, mum, dad, two sisters, elder sisters, grew up in Manchester in England, just really solid. Like, you know, anything, I always knew I could go and do stuff because they would have my back. Mm -hmm. And that confidence just coming from that security has been literally, I do believe that's how I've got and just went and, you know, moved to London when I was 17 to go and try my hand at being an assistant at a magazine and internship and having that base is was so important to me and that's what I want to help you know with my kids as well to know that they run if you're fearful of it go try it that's and I do push that as well if you're scared run to it just try it and then also I was the youngest of three and I think being the baby actually gives you a lot of confidence because you kind of get Someone's away with always it. looking out for you there you go <laughs> it's true unfortunately that's why I had twins. <laughs> that 40 seconds, you cannot call on that Juno. Does she hold it over her sister? They say big sister and little sister, yeah. So which is hysterical. Funny. I'm like, you do realize let's count to 40 seconds because that's how close you are. It was like whoever's, wow. whichever limb the doctor could grab first was whoever was born. There was no like wow. nature so involved funny. in this. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Just dragging them out. Oh, what a story. Um, what are some of your fashion tips since you are such a fashionable human? Um, we were just talking, well, I'm actually, I'm wearing now, we, we just had a whole conversation about the, the Frankie shop, which is a shop in Stanton Street, but they're online as well. They do some great things. They do a lot of the vegan leather stuff right now, but they do the coolest tailoring. I'm wearing this t-shirt, which has got padded shoulders. It's like literally a t-shirt, oh, but with shoulder pads. so nicely. Yeah, I don't have these American oh. footballer shoulders. <laughs> I really no, have like, none. It's like hanging. It looks like you rolled it under, yes. but it's right, really hanging. Right, you did it. Like, no, it's Wow. And they, they're just selling out at the moment. You can't, they can't keep them in. They're like 70 bucks. If I go and get the same outfit, is that awkward? I would so will you please take a picture, take a picture? <laughs> thank you I would love that no and I'm into that and um what else I'm into these sunglasses actually I just got from David Beckham oh David Beckham's new sunglass line I'm just basically pointing out anything I have on me right now are there any rules of them you use when shopping or organizing your closet that make it easier for you to get dressed you know harried mom on the run kind of situation um I have those closet heroes for sure like this t-shirt I'll have a great black bodysuit my favorite jeans my favorite boots bag and a couple of coats, like mix them together in some kind of situation. It took me a while to figure out what my style is. Yeah. It's always like that tomboy with a little bit of tailoring with a touch of feminine from a heel or pop of a lipstick that mm-hmm. makes it work. So I think figuring out your formula is the best thing you can do. And what about being such like a fashionable person and then be going through pregnancy and pregnancy with twins? Because I know. Uh, you yeah, know. know. Two brains. Um, <laughs> two brains. Two mom brains <laughs> equals a quarter of a real brain. See, I don't agree because I think mom brains are smarter than pre-mom brains. Really? I think we should I, change. I, the, yeah. You don't that. think? We're smart in some ways and we're, I know we are very smart. We are just frazzled and can't always Frazzled for sure. Yeah, but then you almost... I don't know. I was thinking about even the term and it's like, I think I've become much more edited. I make decisions much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a weird sixth sense now that I never had when I wasn't a mom. Um, there's something that comes with it for sure mm-hmm. that elevates the brain. Oh, I love that. Well, you do. You have to shed the to parts shed. that you, don't you matter. Also, you also edit. Try. My, my grandmother said this actually, and I, it's like become my mantra, be ruthless with the things that do not matter. And it's such an interesting, a stoic, mm. it's a stoic, a stoic statement. And it's like that, I feel like it forces you to be, um, be ruthless with the things that do not matter, things you don't have time for, the things that don't feed you or fuel you or make you feel yeah. good because your life is so full. Um, 
I still feel like I say things I don't mean to say or like forget my train of thought or can't think of the word stoic because of the gaps that exist in the mom brain. But I but I also do think that you're also so creative as a mom. You're so yes. like it accesses parts of you that maybe you didn't actually really focus on before and gives you a novel way of looking at the world. Yeah. Um, Who knew I was so good at finger painting? Who knew? But that is actually something that's come from this, um, this idea of having one-on-one time with, I mean, you go, I, I don't know how you do it before, but I've recently started doing this one-on-one time with the it girls. It's literally the like 10 thing. minutes. Mm-hmm. If that's all we can manage. And the kids love it. Mm-hmm. They write their lists of what they, you're both nodding. You've been doing this for oh, years and I feel like such a no, tool now for not ever like, but it, they really into it. And Rasi enjoys it. I enjoy it. The kids are just like so excited about it. And I say like, so was finger painting yesterday in, in our 10 one-to-ones. That's so cute. But okay, going back. Because we were what we were thinking. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Dressing through pregnancy dress and post-pregnancy. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, when I was pregnant, I was really enjoying it. And I started a hashtag called Style the Bump because I want to challenge myself. That was you? That was me. <laughs> oh way back. Um, I think it literally was like five years. And um, I just did not want to end up in schleppy clothes or mm-hmm. polka dot dresses. So I did. And I challenged myself. So every day or every two days like to the point where people like follow me around the supermarket going oh my god it's style the bump (laughs) I mean invariably I ended up in onesies but they they were always like cool ones and I like to wear non-maternity clothes at every point the only thing I think I bought was maternity was a pair of J brand leather leggings with the Mm. strap with the elastic which I wore way after I I know those are the greatest invention ever um yeah it was just pants because everything else can fit you just buy a bigger size bigger size or as we were also saying it was a time I wore clothes a lot tighter than ever before I'm Mm -hmm. like known for wearing oversized things Mm -hmm. but I was like oh yeah look at this like sparkly Marc Jacobs gown really tight yeah I'm gonna wear this bodycon number like I never would have done that before but you know you actually probably want to show it off more than just look like you've swallowed too many burgers (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like such like a crazy moment where your body is like it's such a different place than it what may ever be again or only a few times in your life yeah and it's kind of fun to like embrace it exactly it's so it really is so fleeting even though when you're in it it's it feels like you will never not be pregnant um but then it goes away i don't know why maybe because i felt no obligation to like look a certain way or be a certain way in my clothes it was the time that i felt the most confidence in them because i was like this is I get to, this is why, this is the way I look and I'm not going to do anything mm-hmm. about that. So let me just enjoy how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt the most confidence in the way that I dressed actually while pregnant, which was not because it was the most successful, just because it was how I felt, which is such a, so true of everything. It's all really how you feel inside internally. For women who don't have a lot of time, you talked about having like mm-hmm. your staples in the closet for women who don't have and we don't know what our staples are because we're not as cool as you. Not um, true. You know, very true. Too, very, very true. I have like really cool clothes in my closet and I have no idea how to put them together. It's very sad. Um, I know. It's I like don't, okay, I'll come, come up and do Please that with makeup and then you can Can you teach me those Yoga, like, I will teach you the butt lifts. It'll be great. Amazing. We're going to do like an exercise fashion uh, swap. Let's do it. It'll be great. Done. Done. <laughs> um, what are, like, what are things... and feeding the kids. Exactly. We'll have a play date at the same time. It'll be great. But what are tips that you can give women who want to find those pieces or you know and that we can not obsess about changing clothes a million times um I it's it literally is like those key I pick four key pieces so your great black heel your amazing gene that makes you feel 
incredible every time you put it on. Not the one that you're trying to still squeeze into, the one that just looks the bomb. Like buy five pairs. You don't need six pairs of jeans. You just need five pairs of the ones that work with the great. Um, then a brilliant cashmere sweater, like a great tailored piece if it's be a blazer. I mean, that's very much my style though, but save you more feminine. Like look at Daphne's dress now. So that's Let's like the that. perfect dress, right? The one, you need <laughs> yeah, those pieces. <laughs> no, it's good, but you do need those pieces that you can just pop on and then make you feel great. Um, and I've not got time now in my closet for those pieces that take styling. Oh, I got to figure this out. What am I going to put it with it? I do think your core pieces and then jazz them up with a great shoe or a great hoop earring or, you know, a fantastic lipstick. So this is making me think of date night, which mm-hmm. is ma- making me think of one of our. Do you favorites. still do those? So that's why I'm going to ask you. Please, make me feel because, better <laughs> because you know we. I think Laura and I actually both are pretty good about getting like alone meals with. with I although I refuse to call them date nights because they really? just drive me bonkers. Why um, I, I date- don't know why. I think because I never called it date night like before we went. It feels pressured. Yeah. It feels like precious. But I was going to ask you know you and Razzy live live together, raise your kids together, work together. Like how do you keep your spark alive and how do you find time for your romance and how do you what's your like Um, marriage secret recently we have actually just got a house upstate which we're renovating um which sounds like more work but (laughs) we people on we like work we obviously clearly like to be on the go right and it's a joint project that um actually this is not romantic at all what am I talking about (laughs) but it is something that's a relief from all the other stuff Mm. so to drive up there for those two hours in the car with the kids and then to be there and just to he goes and does his like it's hanging in the garage whatever guys do hanging in the garage with the tools and and I bake cakes with the kids and I kind of go into mom mode he goes into like classic dad mode um but then you know he and I'll go out for a great dinner upstate away from everybody like you don't we don't know that many people there yeah. so it's so nice to like take ourselves out if we go out in the city it's he's a social animal it's mm-hmm. like oh, hi, 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 hi. I love the Waverly but it's like literally um, and then we we try we, I mean we're figuring it out what can I say I think the last five years with the kids has been kids milk makeup moving houses schools figuring all that out like managing careers family our, like our parents too like this you know the drill it's yeah. like managing up managing down and so we're literally just getting back into like date night we we did one we went to like uptown we have to escape our own little area that's that's what really works i know we get lazy we go to like three people. restaurants in our in our neighborhood are you prepared for your favorite thing? i am prepared for my favorite all right what's thing? your favorite thing my favorite thing is i love that you guys do this by the way um milk makeup vegan milk moisturizer so it's our new moisturizer. We just launched it and it basically contains four vegan milks. We are called Milk Makeup, but we are a vegan brand. So the irony in itself was enough to name a moisturizer after it. Um, and it contains fig milk, which is super nourishing. It contains oat milk, which is very calming. It contains argan milk, which protects. And then this um, trademark thing called desert milk, which is basically um, extracts from all like very uh, plants that survive in very arid temperatures. So you can imagine. Imagine how delicious and creamy. I like want to break it out and rub it on my hands. It's delicious <laughs> out here. And then it contains Kalahari melon, which is this amazing bright neon yellow color. So the packaging is all this neon yellow color, but it's very, it's 
delicious and it's fragrance free you know all the freeze basically um obviously never cruelty tested paraben free sulfate free silicone free uh not free unfortunately (laughs) it's for you guys Um, actually it is because we're gonna give some away (laughs) um but yes it's uh you know milk makeup's always had a very high skincare agenda even in our makeup in, in the color and the you know the lip and cheek sticks they've always got the most delicious butters in them mm-hmm. in our mascara we it contains cannabis seed oil which is very nourishing for lashes so there's always double benefit so now it's just the natural progression to go into um a moisturizer so exciting love I'm that i'm excited to try that All right, thank, so you. thank you such so much a treat being here thank you yay all right, guys, that was Zana. Um, I want to like dress exactly like her because she's like really cool. <laughs> I'm literally going out and buying her outfit um, because it is amazing. And I love that she, I mean, it's just like, I think Daphne and I are on the same page of like, why can't moms be cool too? So I, I, yes, yes, thank you for bringing that yes. up because I totally forgot to bring it up when we were talking with her that like, what is it about being a cool mom that feels so like out of reach? And at the same time, how do we get it? Because we all deserve to be cool moms. Um, one more thing, you guys, Zana has very generously given us a couple packs of amazing milk makeup to send out to a few winners. Head over to the at MomBrain Instagram handle to find out how to enter. So exciting. And now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. Yes. Okay, you guys. So this week, obviously, chatting with Zana, we got to live our our fashionista mommy lives here. Um, so I'm going to share one of my all time favorite splurge purchases that splurge purchases <laughs> that uh, I recently made that I am so happy I did. Um, I bought these pair of Paris Texas boots. They are python printed like knee high boots mine are baby blue they're hot (laughs) so let me tell you they were a pair of boots that i walked into the store and i immediately was like love you um and i really hemmed and hawed about buying them because who absolutely has to have knee high baby blue boots in their life but can i just tell you it's one of these things where i put it on with an outfit whether it's jeans and a t-shirt or a long maxi dress like I have it with today, or um, or like a cute little mini blue dress that I wore it with over um, over like at a holiday party. Um, they really do make an otherwise very simple outfit feel designed. And I think um, with that in mind, these boots were a hugely successful purchase for me. And I've worn them a lot, and I always I've seen get asked you wear about them, them a lot. You definitely so. have gotten your. I've gotten my money's worth on them. So I thought you guys would like this. I do love that. I'm going to do a shoot. But they are a splurge purchase. So I know. I'm sorry. But I just every once in a while you need to get a good pair of shoes. shoes. And by the way, if you have a save purchase, if you have like a version of these that does not cost $795. Email us. Please email us at at gmail.com because I would like a rainbow of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine is also shoes. Oh. So mine are the Adidas Originals, the women's superstar sneaker. Oh, yes. And I've had like, I had a few colors in the past and I just got like a bunch of them. And they're so, it reminded me how like how comfortable they are. And I think that like sneakers with, I'm wearing sneakers and slacks today. And I think it looks kind of cute. I'm always like go-to heels person, but I'm like trying to be cooler as I turn 36. <laughs> I'm like, cool, trying to be cool mom. Cool mom. Cool, cool mom. mom. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so I'm like, I love Adidas. I, I dress my kids in Adidas. Love the brand. Love the shoes. Comes in lots of colors. 
And you know, they're just classics. Get your footwear on, ladies. Get your, foot, get your footwear on. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, guys. And um, let us know your favorite shoes, if they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we're on YouTube and we're on Instagram. And we are obviously in your earphones every Wednesday. So please tell your friends and um, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye, guys. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.